I think my colleagues here would agree that all we want is the best for our students and our community. Cobra Kai's goal is to prepare the Valley's youth for the unfortunate realities of the real world. It's hard out there. I'm simply just preparing them to defend themselves. Councilperson Roberts, I'm sorry, but this guy is selling you a bad bill of goods. Just a few weeks ago, my students were injured by a bunch of his Cobra Kais at an abandoned recreation facility. And who started that fight? If memory serves, your out-of-control daughter. Hey! You leave my daughter out of this, you piece of shit! Welcome to No Mercy, uh, an Eagle Fang flyby still. I'm Jacob Burrows, and I represent Miyagi-Do. I'm always calm and restrained, which I have actual proof of because there are many restraining orders filed against me. My name is Jim Scampoli. I represent Eagle Fang Karate because I know that white dreads are lame. Ah, White dread. That's that feeling you get when you're just too white to have a dojo, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think it creeps up. <laughs> we're to talk about season three, episode eight of Cobra Kai, called The Good, The Bad, and The Badass. I don't think we have to think too hard to figure out who's who. It's directed by Jennifer Collada, who did the previous episode as well. And story by The Big Three and Matea Green, um, who... Wait, yeah, I'm looking at the right one. Yeah, I had to double check there. Uh, who I didn't look up, I, or maybe I did look up and then remove the actual notes on. I think she worked on. Um, nope, I thought it. I, I, I sorry, I mixed her up with Coletta. I, I, I actually don't know. There, she wrote it. Well done. <laughs> yeah, well, um, no, I, I have some notes on her. Um, because well, this is her first like major writing credit. Uh, she's right. uh, scripting continuity department. Uh, on Cobra Kai, also worked on a Cagney and Lacey TV movie. Oh, I assume these are pilots when they say TV movies, just pilots that didn't go through. Uh, mm-hmm. But more importantly, uh, I did find a John Hurwitz um, tweet where he credits her with writing the Johnny Lawrence message that we read. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> from, that, from that episode, the long one. And uh, he said, this message was written by the brilliant and hilarious Mattia Green. Mattia started on Cobra Kai as our showrunner's assistant, then was our writer's assistant. She wrote the teleplay for episode 308 and is now an official member of the staff for season four. So that's awesome. Again, good for you. I hate you. Uh, I want to be you. Give me your shoes so I can walk a mile in them. Uh, no, it is great to see. And she's the script coordinator on the whole season there. Um, so uh, that makes sense that she wrote that. That's great. Um, so the good, the bad, and the badass episode eight. Let's dive straight into it, Jim. Uh, let's just start with a fucking another montage with an inspiring speech. It's fucking what we do here. Welcome to Cobra Kai slash Eagle Fang slash Miyagi-Do. Uh, they do the thing where they cut back and forth between their speeches. Yeah. I, I was kind of like, um, I wasn't sure if they were going, because sometimes it felt like they were going for like, here's the super big contrast between them. And sometimes it felt like they were showing these guys are all kind of the same or doing the same thing. I don't know. What was sort of your takeaway from seeing this? Or is it just to build fucking hype at these three dojos clashing together? Um, well, I think it's just to build hype. I like the way it works uh, with, you know, cutting to another sensei and maybe changing up the uh, the discussion a bit, like as where, where maybe they were yeah. going to in, in contrast to where like Miyagi-Do or Daniel's take on it and then kind of cutting in with Crease, but also making a cohesive speech. Um, I did mm-hmm. kind of have the thought, although I didn't do it. I was like, oh, I wonder if you just took their sections, if it would make sense 
probably doesn't. Why would it? <laughs> uh, but no, I like this technique because, you know, we're seeing now that we do have this third dojo and, you know, the, our three, our three senseis, um, kind of the similarities and the contrast between how they run their dojo and how they're all on this collision course, uh, whether it be just in general, whether it be through friendship or, you know, uh, continuing rivalry. So I'm down. It made me think of, I guess, uh, Shaun of the Dead when they're flipping through the TV channels yes. and somehow the different TV channels all relate to like the previous sentence and what's going on. I guess the only thing I was thinking of, like there's a few examples where, you know, uh, Johnny's saying like, the goal isn't to hurt other kids. The goal is to, and it cuts to Cree saying, win at all costs. But I'm like, Johnny would still say that. I'm yeah. not too clear on the contrast between them, you know? So I, I felt like maybe that could have been even more extenuated uh, between the two of them specifically because they have so many similarities where they same, they use a lot of the same language anyway. Not a major complaint, just sort of a, an input where I was like, I get that they're making one speech put together, but I was it also shouldn't like, sound. Really... Yeah, I because I, th- I had the same thought. Like, it sounds too much like it would just be like it wouldn't. You wouldn't have to switch too much. Uh, it yes. sounds like just what someone would be saying. Yeah, uh, it felt so a bit take like that, that. Mattia. So- <laughs> yeah, fuck off back to the <laughs> to, to your writing Facebook messages. I'm not bitter. <laughs> um, so we have Johnny and Daniel both showing up as Robbie's about to get out of juvie. Um, and it, it is kind of great how they manage to completely believably and like in in line with everything going on in the season, they manage to get into another confrontation where they're like standing nose to nose going, oh yeah, you tell me I'm going to do, I'm going to fuck you up. And, and they do all of this. And then Robbie comes out like, for real like yeah. you're you've both shown up and you're doing this thing that everyone like that you know amanda and everyone would always be like oh cool they're doing the, their thing again they're flirting again <laughs> and and it's you know he's seeing uh it's reinforcing what he's already thinking like it's not about him it's about their bullshit still uh yes. so He's still kind of left on the outside. And this is, I forget if we mentioned it when Mike was on the two episodes uh, on the previous discussion. I forget if we mentioned that he ha- he bought this jacket or not, but the jacket yes. that Johnny's wearing, this is the one that Mike has. And uh, he rocks it, man. It's a good jacket. Good pick. Badass jacket, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they managed to like get, get up uh, in each other's faces. Uh, Robbie's like, what the fuck? And uh, walks off, gets on a bus, I guess, instead well, of uh, going with either of them. And that was the my rain. question. Like, where the fuck is he going? <laughs> like, where, where is he? Where, like, do they even have a thought of like, I get that they're, you know, he's put them in their place and they're realizing like, oh shit, we're making it about us again. Like they're kind of in the moment of taking his point in. But is anyone ever thinking like, oh, where's this kid going to go sleep? He just got out of juvie. Uh, I mean, I guess he gets on this bus. It's like a prison bus. I, I mean, no driver, no this, driver. <laughs> I, I guess these are <laughs> these are nitpicks. But I mean, what is the idea of where he's on his way to? Is there maybe maybe there is like a halfway house? I know in some cases, like you can go to a place to stay until you get on your feet. But I don't know. I'm just filling in blanks. I mean, yeah. At the same time, he had, well, I was going to be like, he's been ta- looking after himself for a while, but then I was like, he was sleeping in a car that he then sold. So I don't, 
or that it got stolen. I'm not sure. So I don't really know. Um, but like clearly he's too annoyed. Again, I my last complaint of the season, but like the only reason he's upset with Daniel is that the script needs him to be upset with Daniel because the script the script made Daniel do something incomprehensible by just having the cops run at him and tackle him to the ground. And you know, Robbie is a cab, so of course <laughs> he's not going to take kindly to any of that. Uh, whereas the thing he should have done was just convince him to turn himself in, which he probably would have done because Robbie just keeps showing often that he's he he's always trying to be reasonable, but there's always like these extreme characters around him who are like beating him up in, in juvie for no reason or whatever, like forcing him to become like a karate champion where he's yeah. just like, I just want to hang out and uh, why have my dad pay attention to me. <laughs> and yeah, he's so desperate for, uh, for a father figure or just some sort of like an adult authority that he can trust. I mean, as we see that plays out to an extent in this episode where we end up, but if you, if they could just get their shit together for like a minute, Robbie would be all right and be like, please just hug me and tell me, (laughs) tell me it's going to be okay. Just don't fucking make it about yourself, but we'll see. Um, Yeah. We'll see. We'll get there maybe. So Um, Miguel's in school now and yeah, he kind of sees, he sees Hawk and the gang and then he like bumps into Sam. Uh, Early bumps into Yeah, literally. And they have kind of a little awkward back and forth. He does explain that, you know, those aren't his friends anymore after he heard what happened. Uh, So I did make a note again of how like, I, I, I mean, we say it all the time, but I just wanted to say it again because in my notes, it just says Miguel and Sam. Uh, Miguel's the heart and soul of the show because it is just one of those like Miguel's just such a genuine fucking person and like uh, like him like kind of being all right with Sam again and like her realizing that uh, I, I think it's great I'm like excited I'm like this is cool even though I'm not like a shipper per se or anything like that uh, I'm just like I like to see Miguel happy you know because he's the heart and soul of the show <laughs> yeah and it, it, it kind of like should feel like bullshit because yeah. it's like they're so on again off again now at this point where we're this far into it and it's like again they're gonna like reboot their relationship and the fact that they're all flirty with each other again like after all the bullshit they've been through they neither what neither of them suddenly have any issues uh, with the whole karate <laughs> situation they're in different dojos etc no we're all fine with that uh even though they had a really inspirational speeches at the start um but it doesn't. It actually, I'm. I'm also just like, yeah, nice. <laughs> They're getting along again. I'm happy for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And in the midst Speaking of it, of getting along. Yeah. yeah. In the midst of it, we see Yasmin and Dimitri making out. Um, which I, I, I mean, it, this is also something that's kind of bullshit. But it does feel like they did plant seeds for this in a way in season one. It was kind of like the weird i mean at least that's what i felt because it was clear like oh the biggest nerd and then like the meanest girl like that's kind of a logical place to go but i do agree with what you were saying in the last episode that there maybe just need to be a a little bit more of dimitri just being kind of like uh uh sympathetic i guess (laughs) and not just kind of like an annoying character that shows up sometimes yeah and that's not even just for him to quote unquote earn mm. being with Yasmin or whatever it's just in general for, yeah because I like him as a character and I want to like him more I again it's uh, it's kind of like you said that it's it's a little bit bullshit in a way but I'm also just like 
we all assumed the story would go here. Yeah. I don't really need to see the two or three scenes extra in between. I kind of appreciate them skipping to this point. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true. Getting to it already. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. I did like his line about whatever, Cruella, just go kill some Dalmatians <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, um, I'm 101 percent in love. But he knows that's mathematically impossible, so yeah. that's the only complaint I have about that one. Ridiculous, uh, to but say. it is. It's worth it just to see like the look on Miguel's and Sam's faces of like, what the fuck <laughs> just happened? Because uh, you know Miguel doesn't say it, but he could say something like that. Oh, I guess things have changed around here. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's funny just for for it happening, honestly. And we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. I'm not opposed. Uh, you say you're not a shipper. I am a shipper. I just want more of Dimitri being kind of yeah, <laughs> like a sympathetic guy. He's in the next scene as well. So they're, Miyagi-Do is back on, as we know. Um, but Daniel is kind of driving them pretty hard. Yeah. Uh, he's like worried uh, that they're not going to be able to defend themselves. Rightly so. Like, But I, I, I mean, he's being a dick to Dimitri. Like, well, you, you parry like that? You want your other arm broken, bitch? Is kind of what he's saying. Well, that um, was also the thing I was going to say is like... But, like, I guess Dimitri's already out of his cast. Um, I mean, in the previous scene when he's making out, he has he doesn't have the hard cast he had last week. I mean, I get, these are nitpicks. I, I get it. But, I mean, I, I, I'd be... Who am I to not point this out? Because uh, then even <laughs> he has just kind of like a sling, and then here he's just doing the moves. Um, yeah. But I guess it's the hyper... Because, I mean, if we think about it, the things... If we're generous, the school fight happened in August. We know we're not into December yet. So Miguel can walk and Dimitri's arms better. (laughs) But I don't know. Maybe that's how things happen. Uh, I'm not going to harp on it too much, but I'm going to point it out. I'm going to be a dick and point it out. Yeah, no, you got it. You got it. So I think, yeah, Daniel kind of talks to... Amanda for a sec that he feels guilty that they're in this situation a little bit uh, and that he wants to make sure they can defend themselves or whatever. Um, and she but says, it's actually about Robbie, yeah, right? That's exactly. Just, She's yeah. like, so this is about Robbie um, yeah. because, you know, and she basically tells him like, if he wants to come back, then, you know, of course we'll welcome him back. But if he doesn't just got to, you have to let it go. Uh, but that's not Dan. That's not Daniel, as we know. <laughs> Daniel, and he even does say, "I just can't let it. I can't let it go." Uh, he has. But no the whole storyline is interrupted here. Like in his previous scene, he's showing up to help Robbie, and then he's talking with Amanda about Robbie. Then this guy shows up <laughs> from like the board meeting of the karate club or whatever. I forget, and he's just like. Yeah, well, he's very comedic. It's quite funny. But just like Robbie's not mentioned by Daniel for the rest of the episode, I believe. So (laughs) I guess he kind of loses track. So it's just another example of karate coming in and being more important because it's like, shit, the tournament's off uh, instead of caring about where's Robbie sleeping. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. And then he shows up in very Karate Kid 2 fashion of the mailman that wanders in the backyard because he just wanders in the backyard. And I like to think that this is a knowing reference to that. Uh, Cause I mean, like the spaghetti and the, yes. yeah, the ice cream or whatever. And he even makes comments like, well, why are we having our meetings, you know, in a stuffy uh, office or whatever? We could be out here. Like, this is great. Uh, but we get the news that the all Valley uh, under 18 tournament has been canceled. And it's kind of intercut with Eagle Fang also getting the news. And in the midst of that, we see that, 
Johnny's kind of babying Miguel a little bit because he doesn't want him to push too hard because he doesn't want him to get hurt. Yeah. Um, Which does lead to, well, I was going to say, it just does lead to both Daniel and Johnny are both kind of relieved that the All Valley's canceled. They're kind of like, well, maybe this is a better thing uh, because it's showing they're kind of still like a little worried about what some of the downsides that can happen with this karate rivalry getting more and more serious. Yeah, and I guess Sam is the one who wants it back the same way Miguel is the one who wants it back. They're really on the same page. Doesn't he, like the the guy who shows up at Miyagi-Do says like, who better to convince them than the two-time champ? Wasn't there a con- controversy about this, Jim, about who's yep. the real two-time champ? Will you remind me? Because I kind of forgot. Well, yeah, because they say that, because uh, the, in the initial continuity, Daniel was the f- first person to be a two-time champ, but then in mm. the way Kreese told the story and the way Robbie saw it even in the news headlines when he was skimming through online, it mentions that Johnny is also a two-time champ. And, you know, some of the real Karate Kid heads out there, like us and Cobra Kai Kid, uh, <laughs> we're like, wait a minute. That's not how things were. Yeah. Okay, well, this this guy seems to think uh, that, uh, well, it's not going to be Johnny to him. Or maybe it means Johnny or you. <laughs> <It's either laughs> yeah, one. maybe it means either um, one. When uh, when Miguel and Johnny sort of walk home and they kind of get into this fight, it is a little bit melodramatic because it's not. I don't feel that Johnny's being unreasonable, but I think you know Miguel gets to be a little bit unreasonable here mm. uh, because you know he's dealt with a lot of shit and he just wants to you know be back to normal and he he wants to compete to prove something to himself and everything. Whereas Johnny, you know, is being a pussy and is like trying to stop him from hurting himself. Um, it is a little bit overly dramatic, uh, and but but honestly, it's half uh, half of the reason it's there is so that Carmen can be there and go like, "Wow, Johnny's the best." Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> like, she's not wrong. Like he's doing the right thing here. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it definitely is a little melodramatic, but I do like that they both both of their reasoning is sound. So yeah, it yeah, makes sense. And and especially like the way Miguel knows Johnny and the way he's been trained by Johnny, like this is kind of pussy speak the way he's got the way he's talking here. Um, yeah. But yeah, Car- the most important thing is that Carmen gets to see that Johnny's awesome. What a kick ass cool dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Robbie, I guess he's doing he's checking in with his uh, what's it called? Probation. It's like, it's like I, yes. I believe it's probation. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that this right. this I really like because it, this this is some of the stuff we need a little bit more of from Tori. Um mm-hmm. because again, I think everything she's saying makes complete sense. Uh and she's talking about how everyone else went back to normal, but look at us. We're facing consequences. And it's kind of a parallel to Miguel. I mean, he obviously faced his own consequences from the way things happened but they're like forgotten. And uh, since Johnny and Daniel do get caught up in their own shit and they are kind of fragile adults, sometimes that just leaves crease to be the guy and you kind of can't blame them if that's who they turn to. Uh, Because yeah, here they are. Here he is. I'm going to go to, he went to juvie. Now he's to go to probation. And there's even like, she mentions the thing like, Oh, just fill in 
home life's fine. They're not going to check. So there's even calling out the system here a bit, how people get lost through the cracks here. So I think there's a lot of good stuff and a lot of good reasoning that fills in some of the gaps that we're kind of missing with both of these characters because even we, the audience, abandon them through a lot of this season because we're not checking in with them that much. I mean, with Tori, going back to like your quick reaction on the season, you were talking about how Tori's fucking insane in this season. Yeah. And I don't think you're wrong. Literally, I feel like this is the, o- the only time we've checked in with Tori besides when Kreese showed up to recruit her, right? Like she was a very major player in season two. But as you say, we've kind of forgotten about her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I, we've talked about it in the past, but maybe it had something to do with she had another project or film or something she was working on. So she kind of just pops up when they can. Uh, but I think this is a good use of these characters and kind of reasoning behind them. Because uh, we kind of... We... Speaking of use, <laughs> the <laughs> next scene... Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, because we kind of... We do... I Just to finish that thought, I just... We do need a little bit more of that on the Cobra yeah. Kai side. Because this show is supposed to be about the gray areas. And I guess yeah. they... Th- kind of are doing that with some of these crease backstory stuff that we're seeing, which we haven't seen in a little bit, but maybe we'll see more, but either way. But at the same time, Kyler's a cartoon, right? Yeah, he uh, is. He's cra- so. That's why I say he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's like Tory level or more. <laughs> um, speaking of use, um, we have uh, Johnny inviting Carmen in for like a glass of nice, refreshing, expired juice. <laughs> um, and you just see the pain on her face. Uh <laughs> As she she uh, thanks him and thanks him not just for the juice but for like everything he's done. She now sees that what happened when Miguel was injured, uh, he was in just as much pain as she was, and he's been there every step of the way, helping him back on his feet. And she appreciates this uh, argument she overheard, where he's telling him, "No, you shouldn't compete and get hurt." Obviously, she is in line with that. Um, but she actually, uh, unlike in Miyagi-Do, where Sam is the one to actually convince um, to convince Daniel, Carmen is the one who, it's kind of melodramatic here as well, in a, in a way, because she gets to, like, the end of, like, when he's like, ah, tournament, who needs it? She's like, you do, and talks about how there's many other Miguels out there that can be helped by him. Um, but, like, she just has, like, fucking googly eyes on her yeah. at this point. And I, <laughs> it's great. I also feel like it's weird because I believe everything she's saying as a Johnny yeah. Lawrence fan, as a Cobra Kai fan, but I don't fully believe that she'd go this hard. I feel like she would fully appreciate Johnny, absolutely, and everything he's done for Miguel and uh, him being a father figure for Miguel and even training. I'm not quite sure she'd be pushing for the tournament, though. But that's just my read on it. I feel like maybe that's a little too far on what she would do. But that's just my nitpick. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's... Uh, I think it's the googly eyes talking because she's less like, I don't <laughs> yeah. want him to compete, but I know he won't get hurt because you're his sensei. Yeah. Like, it's real. Like, she just has a, a huge lady boner for this guy <laughs> at this point, which I do appreciate. I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily a shipper either, but if I'm supporting any ship, uh, Carmen and Johnny. Oh, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> Big time Carmen oh, and Johnny. Well, I also yeah. like the adult, uh, I ship the adult race relationships big time. I'm big time Daniel, Amanda, a big time Carmen and Johnny. Like, let's go. That's why you're denying the obvious. Kimiko, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> infidelity. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and and I mean, even her saying like, because uh, you're a sensei, like it's weird because I feel like we're kind of retreating the same ground of like when, you know, a couple episodes, Johnny realized it, I'm a sensei. That's what I do. Uh, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so we get to the actual like appeal of the decision. It's like a city council meeting. Um, and <laughs> so opening with a fun joke about um, like uh, manhole covers not being called, <laughs> what are they, person hole covers now or whatever. Yeah, like, they're called like maintenance but, covers or something like that. Yeah, yeah, bit of fun, bit of fun. Um, and like everyone shows up here. Um, it is nice the way they... Uh, like, the reveal of Kreese being there was a surprise to me. I don't know why. Of course, he's going to fight harder than fucking anyone. He didn't need some kid or a woman to convince him. He was like, but karate is the most important thing in the world. <laughs> of course, I'm going to convince them. Um, so Johnny and Daniel show up and bicker like they do in every scene they're in. Um, I Which, do appreciate Johnny's like, I don't need any notes. I'll shoot from the hip. And then when they go down, Kreese shows up instead. Which like, is gosh. great because, like... I lo- like you said, the reveal that he's there and plus he's the first one to get to the podium. And again, yes. I mean, it's also like a visual version of like you two need to stop bickering because that's what's giving crease the edge right now. Uh, and maybe you need to maybe you need to realize you're on the same page here, but I guess we'll see. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love how that plays out. And I love that Crease is doing the Hawk, like what Hawk was doing earlier in the season in school. Yes. He's so true. he's fighting smart and, you know, council person Roberts and doing little things like that. And, of course, bringing up the restraining order and really painting himself in, you know, like such a great villainous light where you're, the greatest villain is the one that everyone thinks is a hero. So that's amazing. Yeah. Retired Army Captain uh, John Kreese, thank you for your service. That was an honor. Uh, it's an even greater honor to teach karate. Uh, it's also great to see how uh, deep in the paint, the karate paint Amanda is, where she just starts yelling at him, <laughs> yes. where that's already gotten her like a restraining order. She gets shown out of there. Uh, but she's so deep in like, yes, karate is the most important thing. This guy put a snake in our dealership. As if that's going to convince them to put, like even it if they like believe a, it. Yeah, it sounds like a maniac. <laughs> like it's like a crazy person talking. He also put a, but he, he also put a snake in my dealership. <laughs> What? But even if they believe it, it's like, that's a great argument for us to not allow you guys to continue <laughs> duking it out uh, in this way. I do appreciate that even though Kreese is like playing it smart, as you say, doing everything right, he's not the one to convince them. Yeah. And they end up being told, like, go sit down, all three of you. And that's a great screenshot, the three of them sitting down. It really reminds me of this historical picture of Churchill, Stalin, and Mussolini <laughs> sitting down. And I tweeted that. Yeah. Should have gotten more likes. It's, so that shows what you know on Twitter. That's you the letter U. Sorry, what were you saying? Well, I was going to I was just backing you up. Go find that tweet, retweet it, like Thanks. it. It deserved way more. Yeah, I agree. Uh I got real greedy cuz the tweet with like the fuck you in the <laughs> in the contract got so much traction. I was like, "Yes, another one." But no. Um so it's Miguel. Miguel's the one who shows up and turns the tide. And Sam's there, so she steps in as well and they got to stand side by side the way you know, Johnny and Daniel probably could have solved it if they could have st- stood side by side, um, but they can't because of the way they are. Um, so yeah, th- I guess their their argument is like bullying is real. Like they get, yeah. to, they do kind of, funnily enough, turn it into like uh, 
sound clips, like the kind of talk that you need here. It is still true and it's still yeah. relevant, but it's like bullying's a real thing. We need a safe place to fight instead of fighting in fucking laser tag, abandoned buildings and shit. Um, so they, they make a decent argument. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and, and it does almost, it's it uh, teeters on the edge of like, a uh, very special episode, like after school special, but I think it works, and I like how they 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 use it, and it's kind of similar almost to Crease's argument in a way. Like Crease kind of knew this was the in, but he gets kind of lumped in with the whole like bickering uh, that it gets kind of washed a bit. Um, and then they have the swirly joke, which is fun. She's like, "What's a swirly?" And then Johnny gets to come up and explain what it is. Um, why it's funny <laughs> yeah yeah uh but yeah i i think it makes sense uh their their reasoning and their rationale and it works and as long as they sign a uh waiver and everyone understood that they're not liable then yeah go ahead have your little karate thing yeah i do appreciate that they're like to be honest i don't understand why <laughs> everyone cares so much about this <laughs> about karate but uh I guess whatever. <laughs> it's not like they're like, yeah, karate. They're like, okay, I guess. And there's like wild cheering indicating if you look at the clip there, whatever, when, when this is announced, it's clear that every single person besides the manhole cover guy is here about the karate tournament. So <laughs> they're right in that they're saying that every single person, like I, that the people care so much about karate and it's incomprehensible because there's loads of people there. All ages, all ethnicities are represented here. And when she clubs that decision, everyone stands up and yes. leaves. And I'm like, is that the end of the meeting? <laughs> yeah. Because that's the only thing people were there for anyway. It's like par partial standing ovation, partial like, all right, we got to go. This is what we came. Yeah. This was the main event. Crease uh, yeah. hits him with the, you know, hey, be careful what you wish for. Like, hey, we all got what we wanted, but this is great. Because uh, now my students can beat the shit out of your students. This is exactly what I wanted. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and Miguel and Sam, who did save the day, they get to have like, continuing their flirting which was already egregious in in school they're doing it now at night in miyagi-do uh talk, this is the first time miguel's been there which is kind of yes. highlighted by him talking about like this place is crazy what does that rock say is that a joke i'm forgetting like do we know what the rock says jim i don't remember i mean i remember they had to okay. pick the rock up that time i remember that but i don't remember uh, them getting into what it says but this is i i think i even mentioned this in the past like i've been dying for this I wanted to see Miguel yes. at Miyagi Do and like interact. Uh, I mean, we still haven't really seen him interact with Daniel, but like that's the stuff I wanted. To, I'm I'm uh, fiending to see. Absolutely. Um, and so they're doing some flirting, and then they're doing some fighty flirty, uh, and then like they're they're like embracing. Of course, the they they should be careful because uh, I'm pretty sure this is how Daniel Junior came to be <laughs> a bit of sparring that got out of hand. So you know. Take it easy. Well, and also, um, I mean, and this is where true Cobra Kai fashion is always something like this is going to happen. And yeah. Robbie's just there. I mean, I guess he's realizing like, shit, where can I sleep? Uh, I, I guess so as well. Yeah, I was thinking that. Did, didn't he hide out there at some point or something? I don't know. I think uh, so. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's, I guess he was just living there and they showed <laughs> up and he's like, cool. <laughs> Because, I, I mean, I can uh, forgive it, but it's so, like, this show's, like, they do this so much um, because it's, it's like, of course, that's when he kind of walks in, you know? Like, the, 
like as they're kind of in an embrace and like looking into each other's eyes and all that, it's like, oh, oh, so this is what it's all about. You know, did you give it a week uh, before you got back together while I was rotting away, getting beat up in in juvie? Yeah. Uh, how um, how unreasonable do you think Robbie's being here? Because obviously, like he's he's being unreasonable to a certain extent, but also this is not a cool scene to walk in on for for him. Um, but I, it is kind of he's almost he is like approaching Tory levels when he when he like turns to Miguel and like tries to punch Miguel, where it's like, okay, so you're not crippled by fear by the fact that you. Uh, crippled this guy like broke his back and everything you're actually fine with that uh because he like wants to hit him again uh whereas i don't know it felt like maybe we should see a not remorse necessarily given the scene he's walked in on but uh it's just kind of mad that uh he's like i was hoping you'd say that and he wants to go at him i guess because sam's there and like they were almost smooching but like still it's pretty extreme to then attack the guy you've already crippled once right yeah well i'm sorry i was kind of checked out a little bit because i did find out what the rock says uh okay thank god the rock says (laughs) uh, you don't know wrestling but the rock says People that know wrestling know what I'm doing. Uh, but no, it does yeah, say, jeal- for, at least this is what Reddit says. Two different Reddit threads have said this. Jealousy shows a rockless garden. So I guess it is kind of setting up what's about to happen in a way, huh? Wait, jealousy shows a rockless garden? Yes. What does that mean? I mean, I don't know what it means, but it's got jealousy in there. And we know Robbie's going to be jealous. So, And then he mentioned the rock. Yeah, but that rock's <laughs> been there the whole time. <laughs> or, or, or some people say envy shows a rockless garden. Uh, some people say it. jealousy. Some people say envy. Okay. Well, if you have an analysis of that, please send it to shows what you know some, show at gmail.com. Or some people read podcasts. it as... Every garden or dojo has stones, the bad, and not to be envious. I, mean, <laughs> I love everyone's trying to figure it out. <laughs> do you think they just grabbed some random kanji or katakana or whatever? Well, this I mean, was, I do think like, it's deliberate Japanese. having envy in there. Uh, I think it's they are it, going for something, but it doesn't quite wash. I get what you're saying. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's more more to it, or maybe it's set design that was just kind of like, ah, whatever. Because, you know, in, in Japan, they have, like, what's literally called decorative English. You know, all the bad English that's on any Japanese product, it's always, like, fucking the randomest shit. It kind of is almost like sentences, but it's just Google translated. And they just like it because it's cool. It's decorative English. Uh, we do the same thing with Japanese, you know, where yeah. people just slap Japanese symbols on stuff. So maybe some of that was going on in the set design, or maybe it's really insane insightful and relevant who knows yeah jealousy is a garden with no stones mm. but yeah i mean it's it's weird because I, I i almost have an idea of, of that meaning something but then when you think about it you're like oh, are stones matter. good or bad <laughs> yes <Yeah>, exactly <laughs> i assume good because because it's on a stone no stones is and it's on yeah. a stone so, but, and it's good that the stone's there but maybe if you're jealous jealousy shows a rockless garden then you then you want rocks um, well, your yeah, so will your garden not bloom if you don't have like strategically placed rocks? So Robbie's jealous, and uh, <laughs> I was just asking, like, uh, do you think it's unreasonable that he like attacks or tries to attack okay. Miguel, yeah. given get... that he's crippled him before already? Yeah, you're right. Let's get back to it. Well, no, I feel like I think the the, the clear thing here is just that 
this is Robbie yet again. I mean, it's a somewhat mirror of the opening scene. This is Robbie yet again finding yeah. that the people in his life are letting him down or the people he cares about or the people that he loves are letting him down and tying into what Tori's saying. Like they've, cause she even says like, does she call out Sam specifically when um, he meets her at probation? Cause it's basically, yeah, she does kind of say like, you know, everyone else went back to normal. So this is kind of like, uh, he's walking in on a scene that's showing that they're completely fine with him being gone. It's almost like he didn't exist and who gives a shit. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I don't think he's really thinking through the idea of like, this is a kid I hurt. It's just that anger that he kind of right. We've talked a bit about how he rightfully is angry and cause there's more than just this show. It, it's this whole childhood of growing up without a dad and we love Johnny Lawrence, but he's also a piece of shit father and yeah. Robbie's allowed to be angry about that. And he is just a kid. So he, I don't think he's going to think that through too much. He's just seeing that no one's there for him and he's going to lash out, I guess. Yeah. So rapid, which does make sense to me. Um, wrapping up the episode, we have uh, Johnny answering the door. Carmen's there again, all up with the uh, googly eyes. Heard what happened at the meeting <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that Miguel was th- there uh, like standing up for his subculture of karate. Like the Miguel who uh, moved into this uh apartment never would have done that it was all johnny's influence so this was just sort of the straw that broke the sexy camel's back because she's just like let's get it on they bump into the wall the tv falls down which i guess is just a a callback to his shitty workmanship because i assume he put up his own tv since he does that uh, yeah that work before and well and it was broken before when him and daniel fought in his apartment Ah, yeah. so i mean yeah it's just i guess it's kind of a gag where the tv like because it it falls off like comically like yeah. <laughs> it's like the way it just immediately just tumbles off the uh, the yeah. wall. I think when when he either kicked Daniel into it or Daniel kicked him into it, it didn't even fall off the wall. It just like broke or whatever, and then he had to put it back up. Uh, but yeah, so you know the googly eyes paid off. Uh, Johnny and Carmen, which does just as a general viewer, especially with Cobra Kai, if you watch the other seasons. If things are going good with Johnny and Carmen, you have to assume we're going to see some payoff with the Facebook message because, you know, in every story, there has to be a, if things feel too good, something has to throw a monkey wrench into that. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, final scene, very brief. Uh, Chris is hanging out in his dojo where he presumably lives. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and Robbie shows up because, I mean, yeah. process of elimination, he's, He's nowhere else to go. Uh, I guess he... I, I'm not sure. Maybe he did show up to Miyagi-Do to patch things up or something. But yeah, uh, yeah. obviously that ship's fucking sailed. So uh, he goes to Crease. And, and that's I, where we end the episode. I don't know if this is deliberate. Uh, but it, it, I like that because it, when it cuts in on Crease, he's hanging the, the tournament poster. And it mm-hmm. reminds me of when Johnny was hanging the tournament poster and Miguel came in and was like, uh, who's the man? And it's like, I'm the man. Are you the man too? And it was like yes. a great bonding moment that they had, like as the, the tournament was coming up. And then it just feels like this is where they're going to have this moment. Like obviously it's a darker situation because Crease is involved and Crease is a villain and he's got like his knowing smile. Uh, but 
it just reminded me of it felt like a weird nod uh, that at least works for me in the kind of uh, mirror version of bonding and taking someone in. But this obviously has a darker connotation. Yeah, and I mean, it's literally darker as well, as yeah. we've talked about, like, Kreese's influence on the dojo. It also, like, if you look at the last shot of the episode with Kreese doing his evil smirk to the camera uh, in the foreground, like, there's just a lot of, uh, yeah, like, just darkness. Even though the lights are presumably on, we can see his face, but, like, the big lights aren't on. So uh, it it all visually is is shown as well what's happening and continuing to happen. It's kind of predictable because we've seen before how when the his act his other father figures daniel and johnny aren't in the picture that's when crease kind of swoops in um and that's exactly what's going to happen here so that wraps up episode eight there's only two more episodes to go um and we'll be getting into those shortly but if you have any feedback or thoughts again shows what you know show at gmail.com you can send us a message uh or if it's uh, anything shorter just throw it in a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate we uh, do. any reviews that come in there. I forgot to read this review, review at the start of the show, but mm. we do have a review. I apologize I didn't read it at the beginning. From the Say Hello to the Bad Guy podcast, five stars. We actually heard from this gentleman on our Sopranos podcast that we also host. Uh, that's Cut to Black, Soprano Sit Down. Uh, title is, They're the Best Around. Jim and Jacob do an amazing job of breaking down the entire Karate Kid franchise, for better or for worse. Uh, this is a great listen to watch along with the Cobra Kai series. No one's breaking down this phenomenal series like these two. Thank you so much. That's an amazing review. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Uh, if you want to be as cool as listen to the bad guy podcast what's it called yeah uh, as that guy yeah, yeah. leave a leave a review on uh, on our apple podcast we'd really appreciate it and uh, you can find all of our other shows like cut to black as a prono sit down at shows you know.com beyond that though jim is there anything else oh yeah actually i just remember there's one more thing oh go ahead strike first strike hard no, no mercy, mercy.